Thank you for joining me today, the View from the Skies podcast host, Ryan Sweeney. Today we're going to talk procurement, buyer positions, skills required, what translates from the military, what doesn't translate, how to go about accomplishing that, uh, and gain and bridging that gap when it comes to getting into the supply chain on the buyer procurements out of the house. Uh, we'll talk with uh, Jonathan Wilson. He's a former army aviator uh runs a couple side gigs and, and is a procurer for luminex so without further ado here we go lay up lay up lay up high hole lock and low All right. Hey, John, thanks for stopping by today and uh, sharing your background on your transition and, and transition from the military into procurement. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to participate and provide any kind of uh, feedback, insights, or lessons learned that I, I had from my active duty transition into the civilian world. Yeah, and I know I know you're an individual who has a lot going on, and we'll, we'll probably touch base on, or at least the tip of the iceberg on some of that during this conversation, but uh you know, off the bat, let's let's start with kind of your background, you know, briefly what you did in the military, how your transition went uh, before we get into talking procurement uh, as a buyer for Luminex. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I was a Texas A&M undergraduate, uh, class of 05. Uh, I was in the Corps of Cadets there, but transitioned, uh, I kind of joined a little late, so I actually did not... Um, commission out of uh, the Corps of Cadets. I was an OCS graduate and then uh, went active duty aviation, uh, first air cav brigade. I held uh, numerous platoon leader positions, a couple of deployments, one to Iraq, one to Afghanistan. Uh, Did one year as an OCT and then followed that on with two consecutive company commands, uh, all in first air cav. I uh, did a majority of my active duty career at Fort Hood. I was both a HHC commander and then uh, CH-47 flight company commander. Uh, right after uh, flight company command, I made the decision to transition out of active duty back in late 2016, early 2017, and made the decision that I was going to go the airline route. We, uh, I, I spent a, a year getting my ratings. Uh, then we had a family medical situation that uh, paused my transition to the airlines, but it was actually also an opportunity to kind of reassess what it was that I that I wanted to do and uh, found myself uh, in sourcing and procurement for Luminex. Yeah, so uh, I appreciate you sharing that background. One of the questions, um, you know, is, is well, well, first, why, you know, why, what caused you to want to leave the military um, and then uh, obviously, there's a natural connection there from from leaving Army aviation to go into, uh, you know, flying commercially. So I don't think there's there's much to talk about there. Uh, but but why leave the why leave the military uh, and, and decide to take the next step? And then how did you go about um, you know assessing what you wanted to do after after flying commercially was no longer an option? Yeah, absolutely. So the the whole reason that I uh, decided to leave active duty and everybody has their own reasons and 
there's no wrong reason to leave. But uh, I, I just kind of came to the conclusion, A, my wife and I wanted to start a family and nothing wrong with raising kids on active duty. Lots of people do it. But uh, uh, both of our backgrounds, we grew up in stable, stationary communities. And that's kind of what my wife wanted to do. And I was okay with that. And so the, the family aspect was kind of one decision for leaving active duty, but also uh, part of it was that I, you know, I, I wanted to experience different challenges and uh, I felt that I served, served the nation, served our uh, fellow soldiers and wanted to experience something new. And so I originally, you know, army aviation, like you said, transitioning to commercial was, uh, you know, what seemed like the, stereotypical path but uh, uh honestly i came to the conclusion that that's just one wasn't the right path for me uh, it's the right path for others but uh, i wanted a different challenge and so i uh, started networking with some friends uh in the industry and kind of six months before i even interviewed i just started putting feelers out to to different friends and uh contacts that i had in different uh companies and just said hey i'm, I'm going to be looking at this time frame, and if you ever have anything open up, let me know. So uh, I'm actually a really big proponent of networking, um, and we can get into just kind of the aspects of, of the job and what I think translates from being an officer into sourcing and procurement. But that's really kind of what what got me into uh, the the job that I'm in now. Is I I found a, a space that I thought that my strengths tailored well to. Yeah, and uh, I think you know a few things, and we will talk a, a little bit about how you went and, and kind of used networking to your advantage. Um, but I, I like how you said it; just it wasn't the right path. Uh, and you know, sometimes we don't always know it, or we don't know it until we try it. Um, and there is a there is a degree of, of technical skill. You think, oh well, this is what I'm I'm technical in, so this is what I you know, this is the natural fit uh, for me to go ahead and do it. And and, and I'm sure, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a big proponent. I mean, I, I've read you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad and, and, and all that kind of philosophy, uh, you know, millionaire next door, so on and so forth way of thinking. And it's it's almost to me that way of thinking is it's it's played to the advantage of us in the military. You know, we are, we are individuals who, who are selfless and, and, you know, we were the hurry up and wait, stand in formation type, type thing. So uh, once we, once we, we start to go through that career transition, it's almost like, well, this is what, this is what we have to do. And we don't realize so much that it's now the world's our oyster. We don't have to go any which route. Certainly there's routes that are easier versus harder. Or there's routes that make more sense versus not. But at the end of the day, it's, it's what you want out of life and how much effort and, you know, cost and risk you're willing to, uh, you know, take to make that happen. So I'm oh, glad. For, yeah. Yeah. No, go ahead, man. For, for sure. Yeah. So I, I would say that just being completely open, uh, transitioning out was, it, it was, nerve-wracking and scary and and to be completely honest you know i'm not saying i recommend this but the pursuing that commercial aviation route where i had to go and get all these ratings it was kind of an opportunity to to pause and assess and you know at first i was really nervous that you know i'm i'm leaving active duty and i'm going into something that i'm not going to be earning a paycheck and i didn't earn a paycheck for a year but uh, I, I had 
a, a real estate side hustle that was kind of helping provide the bills uh, or pay the bills. But uh, living in the Austin area, I it was really strong economy for for the housing market, so it right. kind of worked out. But um, yeah, it's it, it was scary transitioning out and figuring out what I wanted to do. Uh, I did not know what I wanted to do when I ETS when I received that DD two fourteen. I I didn't have a you know a clear goal or a clear path, but I took that time to assess and I, it took me about a year to figure it out and to lay out a plan and to put all of the uh, ducks in a row and, and, and figure out exactly what it is that I wanted to do. But uh, transitioning, it, it can be stressful. And looking back on how I transitioned out, would I do it a little differently and be a little bit more organized and structured? And uh, absolutely. Um, I, I just kind of rushed out and I wouldn't really acknowledge, uh, advise that to anybody. I would say plan, plan your, your ETS, plan your, uh, UQR, whatever route it is that you're, you're exiting and really take advantage of everything that the military provides you on that exit, because I didn't really utilize all, all the opportunities that I could have. And, and that's why it took me a year to kind of find my path. Yeah, and, and that's why I emphasize, you know, people really to start transitioning almost day one. I mean, I know it's not a lot logical, but we'll get into it probably in the networking piece here in a minute. But, you know, you, you take the time to have the few-minute conversation with the, you know, with the with the Dunkin' Donuts general manager while you're getting your morning cup of coffee or whatever, you know, to, to learn to learn what you are, who your interests are, and what you want post-military. Because even if you think you're a lifer or you're going to do the minimum, you're going to get out at one one point in time. Well, that day is going to come. So nobody's saying to, to, to ramp it up and make it an effort every single day. but uh, And then really to go back and plan that. And, and the, the one thing you said, you know, is you took that year, basically a year to figure out what you want. And, and I'm, I'm in the same boat. It took me about a you know, a year to figure out what I wanted and a couple of mis- mistakes and lessons learned. So absolutely. I mean, I'm with you on that one. Just, just, uh, I know it's tough when you're in the military and you think, Oh, I've, you know, I have this duty. Uh, but, but you can plan it all out. I mean, I, I, you can, you can look at the times where you have to put your pedals to the metal, you know, when you're in the commands or the, or the, you know, platoon leader, platoon sergeant, you know, sergeant major ops manager type positions, but there's other positions where you can take that foot up, the foot off the gas a little bit and, and utilize that time to start planning your career uh, and really what you want out of life uh, after that. So definitely appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah, for sure. Uh, my, my transition out, I, you know, I I went straight from company command, uh, where I'd been in consecutive command for nearly oh almost two and a half to three years, and so I I, I was feeling exhausted and and ready for a change, and so I I didn't really hold a, a, a any other duties after post command. I used all my leave. Uh, we had our baby paternity leave and then uh, ETS leave, so it was a uh, it was kind of a less relaxing transition out because I really from the end of command to the day that I got out of the army, it was only a couple months. So um, definitely a lot of planning that needs to go into it when, when you exit the army, but you know, you don't need to be dedicating every day of your towards the end of your career, but 
certainly want to be cognizant of exactly how you're going to exit. So, in in the parlay off of that with the exit, uh, you know, you said you're a strong proponent of networking. Uh, can you tell us about some of the some of the things that worked or maybe didn't work with your with your networking, and eventually how that led to the position you're at today? Yeah, absolutely. So, I would say the the very first thing that I did was and something that I noticed that a lot of army officers don't do very well is start getting your LinkedIn account uh, polished. Uh, uh, start thinking about the duties that you held in the army, uh, how they transitioned to the civilian world, how, you know, basically put your resume on, on LinkedIn. And then I started locating through my network of just previous college friends and family friends and friends of friends uh, in professional networks. And I just started throwing feelers out there, telling them, hey, you know, I'm an uh, Army officer, 10 years active duty. Um, do you have anything, you know, I would go through websites that open positions and I would reach out to the people I know at those companies and say, hey, uh, do you have any contact with this hiring manager can you get my resume to them uh so that worked well uh with a couple of companies and then uh really kind of where i landed ended up being uh somebody that i've known for a handful of years that uh i i felt i was a good fit for this position that he had opening and he was somebody i'd reached out to probably six months prior to my, to the interview and uh it was a sourcing and procurement role uh I didn't have any acquisitions background in the military, but, you know, his officers were very structured and very organized and very uh, project management uh, centric. The, uh, just looking at the online description of the job, I was like, well, that sounds like a lot of what we do. And uh, I think that it's something that would transition well to, uh, to the, to this position from taking my military experience into this one. So um, really the, the things that worked best for me though, networking, uh, and it, I hate to say it, but you just have to be persistent and, uh, it does not matter what role that person at that company has. They know somebody or know somebody that knows somebody. And so, uh, I don't be bashful, you know, because that's the, the way I got my interview was just, uh, reaching out and making that leap and, uh, utilizing people that know you. And that, that's just how I got my foot in the door, and it, it worked out really well for me. Yeah, and that, that's a great point. I mean, it's it's A, you owning it. I love that. Don't be bashful. And, and it's going after the folks you know or the folks that are that natural connection. For me, I reached out to a lot of uh, just, you know, Army Army Aviation, just put, put, you know, put that in LinkedIn and certain companies and saw who was there and, and sent messages out. And... Uh, and I will, I will say this as well for, for those that are, well, you know, I'm going to be living in a city that I don't know a lot of people. Well, there's a lot of professional organizations, uh, that are great networking opportunities. Uh, for example, in Austin, we have what's called the Austin Regional Manufacturers Association. And, uh, anybody can join that, that, uh, you know, go, go network, go meet people, go to socials. Uh, there's a lot of those types of opportunities that, that I don't think, or that I do think are underutilized and uh, join your chamber of commerce, go to, I mean, there's all kinds of opportunities that, that are out there, clubs, socials, groups, uh, 
you just have to find them and join them. And, and there's great opportunity there to get your foot in the door. Yeah. And it's that, and, it, and it's either, you know, a lot of times it's one or two things. It's, it's not going after those talent acquisitions or those HR managers. It's going after those people who know the hiring managers or to your point uh, at some of these organizations are the hiring manager, but you might not know it. So then next thing you know, you're having a cup of coffee, having a conversation, you know, it becomes very, um, you know, easy, uh, communicative, uh, low pressure situation. And next thing you know, you basically just interviewed. Uh, and and then they, next thing, you know, they're, they're bringing you in for a formal interview, but you've pretty much already, already done that. Um, and that's, and that's, that's a great part about networking. And I'm, I'm you know, glad yeah, you emphasize and stress that. And this may sound kind of uh, entertaining or funny, or maybe some people don't really realize this, but I, I can't tell you how many business cards I've gotten from going and playing a round of golf by myself at the golf course and joining a, a group uh, and meeting new people that way. Uh, just the, the number of professional contacts that I've gotten uh, it may not seem like to some the, the best utilized way, but I, uh, I, I can't really emphasize how what a great networking opportunity going to the golf course and playing golf is so you can tell your wives out there that you have to go network by playing around the golf <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely and the best part about it is i mean even for introverts uh you know most people like to talk uh so really all you have to do is listen um you know you yeah. you, you find out uh some of the best networking times are listen, listening to other people talk and then you just tying in your your loose ends or, or using that opportunity when they're telling a story for you to tell, Hey, here's a similar time. Uh, and here's what worked for me. And next thing you know, they're, they're thinking this guy's, you know, our girls, the, it, it should be a great match for our organization. So, uh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, you know, that, that, that's the key though, is, uh, whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, you, you know, to an extent you're going to have to kind of, uh, and it's just part of leaving the military as well is uh, you have to explore new spaces. So if you're an introvert, uh, you may have to put yourself in an uncomfortable situation uh, to get yourself out there, uh, but it works. So how did that, uh, you know, lead to, uh, well, you, you talked about how it led to your position today. So ne- so now that you did that networking through, through an old friend, you got the opportunity uh, to become a buyer uh, for for Luminex. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, my I, I work for a company called Luminex. We're a medical diagnostic company, and what really what we do is uh, we build medical instruments as well as consumables for these instruments. And the uh, really the best explanation I can give you. It's really a a very elementary explanation, but it kind of gets the point across. If you go to the doctor and uh, you do a flu test. The doctor puts your flu sample into this cartridge and puts it in our machine. It tells you uh, if you have the flu. So uh, what I do uh, is I am a buyer for the consumable aspect of the, this company. So and all the, these cartridges are made of plastics. You need labels. You need uh, vents. You need a lot of other proprietary uh, pieces to these cartridges. And I uh, facilitate, uh, procuring all of those parts for, for these cartridges. Um, when I was looking at the job and uh, before, you know, how I mentioned a few months prior, I'd reached out to the the hiring manager. I I looked at the description and 
uh, I felt like my military experience really transitioned well into this position because it required a lot of, uh, at least at this company, we're kind of a smaller company. We're close to a $500 million a year revenue. Uh, but we kind of wear dual hats and there's a lot of project management, program management to this procurement role. And, you know, something that any military officer gets great experience as is managing a project uh, or numerous projects at any given time and uh, accomplishing that mission. So really kind of coming over to procurement, I saw that you need to be organized, you need to be structured, you need to be able to conceptualize a problem and come up with a plan, even if you have limited information or limited resources to accomplish that that uh, that plan and get it to uh, completion. So I was like, that's exactly what I did in the Army, whether it was aviation or any other uh, branch. It, that's what we do as officers is we, we get a, a problem and we accomplish it. And uh, there's a lot of daily small missions here at Luminex or, you know, issues that, that we accomplish. And it, it's really, there's no education that you go out and get uh, that would transcend in, into being a buyer. You don't go to college to be a buyer. Um, there's a lot of, you know, technical aspects that can make you better as, as a buyer, data, data analyzing, knowing how to use Excel at more than a proficient level. But, um, you know, supply chain management, uh, you're going to get into more graduate level business to, to get into that. But uh, definitely Army officer uh, would be a, a really fantastic procure, procurement, sourcing and procurement uh, or buyer role. So what skills, and, and I appreciate the rundown, and yeah, I, I think you hit it, hit it on the head. I mean, I, I am in fulfillment myself, but not in procurement, but I work with some of our procurement folks and, and I would agree on, on all those skills and we'll put those in the show notes, uh, you know, for those of you out there, uh, you know, looking to fix up your resumes and whatnot. But um, what skills, once you, once you landed the job, I guess, what skills didn't, didn't you have, or, or maybe you had to, to get some additional education or, or experience and how, how did you go about doing that? I mean, one thing that comes into my mind is, uh, you know, which you may or may not do based on how your organization is is built. But, you know, do you have to do negotiating, uh, you know, something that we didn't didn't necessarily do in the in the military? And, and how do you sure, go about yeah. that kind of stuff? There was a couple of things that I, I honestly really struggled with. Uh, and it honestly just comes with on-the-job training and experience and really learning how the industry works. Uh, when I first started, you know, I – uh, probably struggled. There's a lot of contract negotiation, but understanding what I need to negotiate in those contracts based off industry standard and not knowing what the industry standard really kind of crippled me in those contract negotiations because I didn't really know what to ask for. And so it took a, you know, having a good mentor in the industry to help me realize what it is that I didn't know. And, and that's just the, the fact that any job is you don't know what you don't know, but uh, contract negotiation certainly was a struggle. Um, and then uh, supply chain management, because of what I'm quickly discovering, even between my suppliers and our own company, is how we run our own organizations. Uh, we are more of a lean organization, but 
other companies aren't. Uh, other competitors run their organizations a lot different than us. So understanding how to really precisely utilize that that supply chain and uh, managing inventory levels and coordinating with planners uh, on how to manage those inventory levels because that that was something that we definitely or, or at least in aviation we we didn't really I mean we had a whole branch to to do that for us so I didn't really have a good concept of how to manage a uh, inventory uh, that was high volume ever changing on a daily basis so that was a big struggle and then but it it kind of comes naturally uh if you're an intelligent person you're going to be able to figure it out um but really i've also benefited from great mentorship and uh good co-workers to kind of help guide me in those areas that i struggled in but what i've been i've been in the position for a year and honestly it's taken uh, about a year to get comfortable at it yeah, no, and that's great said. I mean, it took me about a year, you know, my current position, and it's it's all the same things you said. Uh, good mentor, coworker support. You know, you support them in ways because you're going to bring some of these other intangibles to the table. You know, that leadership, maybe time management, structured, uh, being more proficient with PowerPoint, <laughs> coming out of the military or whatnot for when somebody does oh, have sure. to do a brief, but. Um, there's the push pull and that relationship building side of the house. But, uh, I think, you know, one thing I keyed on was, you know, I thought coming out, it's going to be the pressure. Like I have to perform immediately. You have to perform now or else, you know, I'm going to be fired in, in 30 days or whatever the case is. And, uh, you know, for well, listeners out there, it's not necessarily like that. No, it's not. And, and honestly, uh, you know, you don't want, beggars don't want to be choosers and, if, if they're struggling in their job search, but you know, you also need to go interview your, your employer. It, mm-hmm. it should be a two part inter- interview. Absolutely. Because, um, are you a right fit? You know, just because they're offering you a job, uh, you could actually set yourself back if you take a position that just isn't right for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, is there, is there a training plan? Do, do they train their new employees? Is there a mentorship program uh, how do they handle mentorship? Uh, what are the early expectations for you? Uh, that that those are all questions that you want to find out before you take the job. But uh, an, another skill that I was going to touch on uh, was, you, you know, we always joke about how much PowerPoint we do in the army, uh, and I would say I do very little PowerPoint in this <laughs> sourcing and procurement job. Uh, I do my skill set has transitioned from PowerPoint to Excel. And uh-huh. uh, there is a lot of data in sourcing and procurement that has to be analyzed. Uh, so understanding how to use Excel to your benefit to uh, analyze just hordes of data to your benefit is really key. And so one thing that I did that uh, I highly recommend is take an Excel class you know, you can find anything online and really if you're considering any kind of supply chain uh, job, just become an Excel genius because that will set yourself apart from from your competition for sure. Yeah, in, in one of the previous uh, podcast episodes, I mentioned that, you know, power, PowerPoint is not don't, – don't get me wrong, those skills, you might lose some of them, but, but you'll still be above and beyond, I think, most most folks in the business world uh, when time comes 
for somebody to put a presentation together. But, but yeah, absolutely. Excel, we, you know, we use it to, you know, do an alpha roster or sort an alpha roster or something like that. And that's about the extent of it we use in the military. So my challenge to the listeners out there who are planning their transition, you know, two years, three years, you know, out type thing is start to use, look for Excel and look now to use those times because it doesn't matter. It definitely, I'm with you. We use it way more uh, on the supply chain, the procurement to, to sort through all that data, but it really doesn't matter where you are. Uh, you're, it's it's the day of data management. So finding out opportunities to play with, you know, stuff on Excel when you're in the S3 shop or whatever, uh, it will be beneficial to you in the long run. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. We we do a lot of uh, pivot tables and VLOOKUPs and formulas and ma- macros. I mean, there's uh, just a wealth of things that you need to learn how to do, but uh, that's not the end all know all. I, I certainly didn't come into the job with that knowledge, but uh, it was again, good mentorship that kind of educated me for sure. Yeah. And, uh, and I love the point that you said, you know, you're, it's, it's a two way interview. I mean, and, and you're right. Beggars can't be choosers. Sometimes you have to take the job. Um, but I would, I would, I would stress and emphasize, and it sounds like you are as well that, um, sometimes even if you think you need a job that much, it still might not be worth it, um, you know, based on where it's going to put you in the long run. Because cause honestly, next thing you know, you get it, – it's tough because coming out of the military, you know, we're the jack-of-all-trade, master of nuns, and some, some organizations look negatively on that and some look positively. It's like the Jim Collins. We just want good character people on the bus and we'll train them. But as you start to go down that career path post-military – and next thing you know, you're two, three, four, five years in an industry and you want to make an industry jump, that becomes even harder because uh, now you're on like career transition number three almost, but you don't get some of that hand-waving. Um, I don't know if I want to say hand-waving, but you don't get some of that, you know, okay, well, he's just coming out of the military. We understand because, you know, which again, some companies do and some don't, but we understand because, you know, we know veterans and we recruit them or we have senior leaders of veteran or whatever the case is. So uh, I think you're spot on on that one. And, and I get the questions. I get a lot of why I just can't come up with good interview questions. Well, you can always focus around the company, the culture. I mean, you don't come out and say, Hey, what's your culture like? Cause that's an open-ended question, but you can ask questions like, you know, what, 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 what do you do for, you know, what's your mentorship program or your training and development program, like you said, or what do you guys, you know, do you guys meet for team lunches or something like that to, to assess that, you know, the, the camaraderie and the teamwork in that environment? Yeah, for sure. And uh, I, I would uh, kind of add on to that is learn everything you can about that company before you go into the interview and, uh, find all the media news articles about the company, read up on that, read the website, just be familiar with the website. I mean, you'd be surprised how many kind of questions you get about, well, you know, what do you think of this product? And you're like, you don't want to be a deer in the headlights. I mean, if, if you can read it on the website, uh, I would be prepared for questions for that in the interview, uh, even if it's uh, semi-related to the position that, that you're applying to, is just know the business uh, of what you're where you're trying to be um, is utilize all the tools to your uh, disposal to, to just be knowledgeable about what it is that you're trying to do. Yeah. I was just going to say, you know, you, you started to talk about transitioning after 
uh, taking a job and uh, I kind of struggle with that too is you know I, I really enjoy supply chain and so I actually decided to get graduate level education going to UT Austin to get my MBA uh, and, and that I think will you know kind of build upon your tools uh, to your disposal is if, if you have that ability to go get that additional education you know never stop learning uh, it'll just make you a, uh, a better candidate if, if you do decide to, to move on yeah, and and what I was gonna say was just if you're having and you've done all that research on the website and you're still having hard times coming up with like you know good questions. I mean, you ever, anybody can write down you know generic questions, but um, you know what? You're probably not interested, you know, and and that shows in the interview and it shows in the phone screens and and it should show yourself that hey, maybe I shouldn't apply to this job because. I'm just not that interested, you know. It, it's a natural yeah, way absolutely. of life. So um, if you don't, if you can't show enthusiasm for for where you want to be, then maybe you don't want to be there. Yeah, and, and yeah. So and then and then the continued education. You know, I appreciate you sharing that. Uh, any which way, shape, or form, it could be it could be degree, it could be certification, it could just be yeah, additional cl- addition classes. Stigma, you know, yep. Any of the above, for sure. Yeah. Yep. Or, or, you know, like a company like ours is big on, on, on the job training, you know, projects. So uh, we, you know, I've asked a lot of people and they're like, get your experience, you know, volunteer for this project, that project, this project, you know, you're interested in engineering, want to become an engineer one day with, you know, I'm not saying you have to go to get a degree, you know, but if you start working with this engineer team over and over and they like what you do, then, then you're going to increase your opportunity and you're going to learn there too as well. So a hundred different ways uh, to do it. And, find the balance of all of it to, to continue to strive to get better. Yeah, absolutely. And mo- most larger companies, uh, I'm a big advocate of utilizing all, all the resources available to you. And my company in particular uh, pays for uh, tuition reimbursement. So, I mean, even if it's to go to a, a certification course, I mean, utilize all those benefits to make yourself stronger. Yeah, absolutely, man. So, uh, do you want to, uh, can you, can you share anything about like just Luminex in general? Um, it, you know, what, what their cultures like characters like, um, if, if there's, uh, any, you know, any comment, I know it's a small organization, so there might not be, but if there's common, you know, entry level positions, uh, for, for int- people are interested in maybe moving to moving to Austin and go there maybe, or, or any people that they should reach out to connect with network with whatever. Yeah, absolutely. So Luminox, uh, like I mentioned earlier, we're, we're nearing a $500 million revenue company. We're headquartered in Austin, Texas. Uh, we have sites in Chicago, Toronto, Seattle, and California, uh, our primary locations at least, and uh, about total of 1,200 people in the, in the whole company. So uh, honestly, it's kind of a we, – we have a very close-knit uh, work work environment uh supply chain we're about you know 30 people total in, in all of the supply chain uh buyers we have i think about 12 or 13 of us uh, across the company and then uh we have planners and uh other other individuals in our supply chain uh department but uh culture i i think we're we're a company that's been around since the nineties. Uh, we've really started to grow, uh, the last few years and 
we are transitioning from the mid smaller mid-sized company into a larger company and uh, I think what I like best about it versus and I can't really honestly speak to working for an Apple or Dell or uh, Google or Facebook or any of those larger corporations but uh, there's a real good team mentality which was something that was really uh, refreshing coming from the army you know everything we do in the army is very team oriented everybody cares about accomplishing that that task or that mission uh together and there's there's mutual uh investment in in making that goal and and that's something that i've encountered at this company that i really love is uh across departments we're very cross-functional and we very much care about each other's success and and that was something that i really loved about being here that actually kind of made that transition a little easier from from the army to the civilian world was seeing that you know it's not just the military that works in a team environment yeah and and that's great and uh you know small it's that small team or small unit uh you know teamwork mentality uh and and a lot of folks do strive for that and it helps them find their place um a little bit better in their transition but i, I go back to assessing yourself uh you know, when, when you're going through that transition, you know, you got to look at the pros and cons uh, of, you know, you get teamwork, but like you said, now you're, you're kind of almost working across cross functionally across the organization or picking I what I call picking up fumbles, you know, it's like, Hey, that's not a buyer's job, but somebody needs to do it and we'll, we'll do it. And, oh, you know, you get some, I, more, I you get some the, more of that. For sure. Yeah. I, I would say the buying aspect of my job is the easiest part of my job. And, probably the least time consuming. Uh, we're, we're a very multi-dimensional department and, and I can't really speak to other supply chain uh, organizations and other companies, but we, we do all, uh, we're, we're relied on heavily to, to drive projects, to manage projects, to, to facilitate communication between uh, engineers and suppliers and uh, really just managing a, a project to completion to, to make sure that we don't have any uh, lack of continuity of supply. Yeah. And, and, and again, it's, it's like the, it's, it's like being in the military, you know, it becomes a natural step or a natural, um, you know, you feel comfortable, you know, kind of, kind of working in, I don't want to say chaos, but, but, you know, like, Hey, we're all here on driving towards the same ends and the same means, but yeah, absolutely. It, you know, I, I, well, I also wanted to get at too is if you know when you go through your transition and you're still unsure and you're still feeling things out. Um, you know, I know one thing for me was, uh, you know, I felt like I had to, you know, lead people. I was a leader in the military and, and I uh, went out and found a job leading people. Well, um, once I once that you know I realized that wasn't the industry I wanted. Uh, I I felt initially I took a step back moving into a position where I didn't really have to lead people, but it gave me an opportunity to learn a little bit about myself, focus more on myself and then learn more technical skills. Like you said, learn about supply chain. And then I feel like it's, it was almost better off for me to, to, to now project me, you know, further or launch me into the next steps of my career as a future, but instead of just, you know, trying to, trying to continually go, go through that path. So for me, it was, it was a nice, it was a nice, I guess, I won't say change of pace. It was just, it was different. And uh, it's, there's no one 
one right or wrong answer. It goes back to what are you looking for? What's your end state? What are your goals? And then putting the, the stones in place to get there. Yeah. It's kind of funny that you mentioned uh, not having any direct reports or subordinates uh, because that, that was an adjustment as well as coming into this position and, you know, being a commander for nearly three years before I came out, um, I, I had to adjust to not being the boss or not being the leader and being a follower again. And, you know, so that, that was kind of a leadership tool that I had to dig deep in to, to find again was how to be a good leader by being a good follower uh, and still, you know, going back to being that technician instead of that, that leader. And so uh, that, that's been an interesting uh, adjustment and it's, it's been kind of fun because it's, I'm learning the company, learning the business and uh, it kind of helps me figure out what my next role either in this company or in, in the future will be. Yeah, great. No, I appreciate that, John. And uh, uh, I wanted to, you know, before we get ready to part ways here, I want to give open mic time to you um, to, you know, whatever other piece of advice you have or, or you know, whatnot, which is kind of whatever you want to talk about. Yeah, well, uh, I, I would say my best piece of advice is uh, if you've made up your mind that you're going to leave active duty, uh, I wouldn't I wouldn't panic uh, too much about what's going to happen once you leave. It's going to be an adjustment. Just be prepared for that. Um, there's going to be a little bit of stress. There's going to be a little bit of uh, um, adversity, but it, it, it all kind of hashes itself out. The path that you think you're going to take, you may not necessarily take, and uh, they'll help you figure out which which direction you do want to go. I think just the key thing is to have a positive attitude stay confident in yourself and uh, don't quit. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, you know, you're, you're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you know, it is, it is a big transition. Um, to, so yeah, staying positive is, is all comes down to the frame of mind. And that's why I go back to, you know, saying things like, like read uh, good to great or read rich dad, poor dad, you know, read some of these books or podcasts or whatever your thing is to help, help keep you positive spinning because it's okay it's okay to make mistakes it's okay to learn um you know as long as you're not just throwing you know darts out there and hoping they stick so to speak uh as long as it's part of keeping you on that journey and on that path then then you're a better person for it yeah absolutely so hey thanks uh appreciate it john for for joining today and i can't wait uh for listeners out there to to start you know trying to provide some feedback and learn a little bit more about what we do in the, in the supply chain world. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, anybody's welcome to find me on LinkedIn. It's Jonathan Wilson, Luminex Corporation. Uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions, get more detailed exactly about what, what it is that I do and answer any questions anybody has. Yeah, no, that'll be in the show notes. So uh, they'll, they'll find how to get all of you there. I appreciate it, John. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks a lot. Lay up, lay up, lay up, high ho, lock and low. I'd like to thank John for joining us today and sharing his knowledge, his skills uh, with you, 
listeners out there who are interested in getting into the procurement buyer side of the house. And please, uh, if, if you like this podcast, take the time to rate and review on, on Apple Podcast. Uh, leave me some feedback. You can go on www.anchor.fm and leave me uh, a voice message. I can add it into uh, future podcasts, uh, help answer your questions, make this show better. Um, and then also, uh, please visit my website, www.viewfromtheskies.weebly.com. There you can uh, leave me feedback as well. Uh, see the About Me section, look at the blogs, and then uh, find the links to my blogs as well there. So a lot of great information, uh, depending on which medium you like to use. It's all there for you. So thank you very much.